We're going to be tonight doing something, I guess, a little bit out of the ordinary, maybe Acts chapter number 13, if you'd turn there with me. I told you that Brother Jason was supposed to be preaching tonight, and we kind of texted back and forth today just about how he was doing and determined that it'd be better to wait on that, and so I hadn't really been preparing so much yet for uh, the next message out of Psalm 119, and uh, so I actually decided this afternoon I was going to start doing that and started looking at the chapter, and, and I just didn't feel really led to, to develop that too much today. And so what I want to share with you tonight is actually just some things that have been on my heart as of late, some things that the Lord's been speaking to me about, and I think that they might be a blessing to you as well as we consider. And uh, some of this is just in relation to the events that we've been watching over the last several uh, months here and and years, I guess, um, you know, just just even this morning, Brother Godet's passing uh, has really had me contemplating some things. And a couple of days ago, I got word that he was in the hospital, not doing well, and not expected to make it. And I've just really spent some time thinking about. Uh, how the Lord has used him in his life. And we're going to get to the text here in just a minute. But I want to just mention some things because I know that the church here has supported Brother, Brother Godet for a long time. And so some of you are probably real familiar uh, with his ministry. But some of you may not really know um, just how much this man was used of the Lord in his life. Um, he, he really many, many years ago, was involved in a printing ministry out in the Colorado Springs area and uh, serving the Lord in that capacity. And the Lord began to, to burden him about being involved uh, in missions around the world. And he uh, kind of put a, a team together and traveled to several different countries. They spent, I think it was a year uh, or two in the Philippines. They were in Uh, South Korea, they were in East Timor, uh, just some different places in Southeast Asia, uh, trying to uh, do some different literature distribution campaigns and and, uh, help missionaries getting started and and, uh, things of that nature. And their most recent uh, endeavors were, uh, they were kind of stationed, if you will, in the country of Thailand. For a good number of years there, they had gone there with the intention of being there maybe one year, and I think uh, by the time they left there, it was somewhere closer to 10 years that they actually ended up living in Thailand. While they were in Thailand, they were ministering both there and in um, Burma, Myanmar, um, Laos, Cambodia, different places in Southeast Asia that the Lord was using them and opening doors for them. And then in the last 10 years or so, they've been uh, living back in the States, but still actively involved in facilitating uh, translation projects and printing projects in many, many different languages. When I was pastoring in Wichita Falls, um, we had taken over uh, the printing ministry that Milton Martin had in, uh, in kind of central Texas there. We had moved the equipment there to Wichita Falls and and the church really was just responsible for, uh, for doing the work. We'd get together on Tuesday nights, and, and for a couple hours, we'd just fellowship and work on printing and collating and stapling and, and binding and doing all these different things and putting shipments together to go to missionaries around the world. And probably most of the work that we did 
uh, came to us from Brother Godet. And a lot of the things that we printed were translated, uh, not necessarily by him, but by his team. And uh, we were printing things in, for instance, Burmese and different languages that had never been printed before. And that was a pretty incredible thing. The Lord just really gave him a vision, a vision for the world in general. And um, I, I know personally several men who are serving in the ministry today that were greatly influenced by, by Brother Tom. And, and really the Lord used him as part of their calling. It wasn't that he called them, but it was just that the Lord used him in his ministry to be a challenge to them. Uh, I think of, of people like missionary Nat Williams, who's uh, over in, in Thailand right now and, and working with the Burmese people as well. I think of Pastor Austin Wartner in Bloomington, Minnesota, that was called to preach and surrendered to preach on one of the uh, outreach uh, campaigns that was put on by Brother Godet. I think of someone like Jeff Lang, uh, who was used over in Thailand for uh, many years um, and, and all of these people and so many others that I could mention that were influenced by Brother Godet's ministry and the lives that he touched, um, I, I just don't think we'll ever know exactly this side of heaven uh, how much the Lord has used him. If you remember Brother Lang, uh, early on in their ministry over in Thailand, they, they had this opportunity to start going and, and uh, working in this Hmong refugee camp uh, in northern Thailand. And out of that ministry, out of that work, there, there, were, there was in the camp, there were many people that came to know Christ, and a church was started there within the camp that was known as Nam Chao Baptist Church. It was completely um, operated, really, by, by the nationals there. Um, and when they were repatriated back to Thailand, they basically dispersed, and multiple churches sprung up throughout Laos. Um, and that particular ministry really would never have happened were it not for Brother Tom Godet and a vision for reaching those people. And we could just go on and on and list things that, that the Lord used him to do in spearheading large outreach efforts uh, around the world, uh, efforts that still continue today, um, that he was in a lot of ways uh, instrumental in, in casting the vision for those things. I know that um, I worked with him on several different projects like that around the world. Uh, he was what I would call, and what I, I've accused him several times of being an instigator. I always said, brother, you're, you're just an instigator. And I meant that as a compliment because really he was, he was a, a provoking type of person. He was, he was a visionary that was used to influence others and encourage others to go about serving the Lord and cast a vision. And, and he wasn't focused on just one thing. He was focused on enabling and helping other people do the work of the Lord as well. And someone said, someone who was close to him, I've heard him say this on multiple occasions in reference to Brother Godet, he gets more done on accident than most people do on purpose. And that if you knew the man, that's how he was. He was just always busy, always active, always serving the Lord in some way. You say, well, what does that have to, this isn't, this isn't a Tom Godet memorial message, but here's, here's knowing those things, here's what's been on my heart. Who's going to pick up the mantle now? 
now that he now that the now that his race has been run and the Lord has called him home, who's gonna step in and fill those shoes? And really setting that aside for just a moment, it's not just him. I mean, look at others who recently the Lord has has taken out of the work. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, Brother Stephen Trell, who we were just getting acquainted with as a church, serving over there in the Middle East, a place where there are very few laborers. And now he's gone. Who's going to step up and take that mantle? Uh, Last summer, we held a memorial service for Milton Martin, who was, in my estimation, one of the greatest missionaries of our time. And he's now gone to be with the Lord. And I, I just, I look at some of these people and I wonder, who, who's, who's going to carry on the work? Some of you may not know some of the history of my family. Um, my, my family on my dad's side was um, pretty heavily Lutheran. Uh, they were dairy farmers. My grandpa was an engineer, but he... He had a farm and, and faithful Lutherans. He was a Sunday school teacher and a deacon in the Lutheran church. And they had nine kids raising him on a farm in kind of northern Wisconsin. And their second child, their first daughter, was riding her bicycle one day and fell, broke her arm. And when she, she was 13, I think, at the time, broke her arm and through breaking her arm, they, um, they discovered that she had bone cancer. And for the next year or so, she laid in bed dealing with chemo and radiation and, um, and ended up dying of her cancer. But while she was laying there in the bed dying, she was listening to the radio and listening to Billy, Billy Graham preach on the radio. She got saved and started witnessing to my grandpa. And the day that she died, my grandpa fell on his knees by her bedside and cried out to God and got saved. The reason that that's significant, obviously, it changed the whole trajectory of our family and it made a big difference in my life. And in a lot of ways, I think I could say I wouldn't be here today were it not for that. But one of the things that God did was he called my grandpa into the ministry and he became the first of the Weiss family Uh, to serve the Lord as a pastor. Three of his sons, my uncles, would would follow in his footsteps. And they became, (laughs) uh, we started jokingly within the family referring to one another by our initials and number. So grandpa was PW1, he was Pastor Weiss 1, and then his oldest son PW2 and 3 and so on. I'm PW5. I'm the fifth of the family and listen, it's not like this is just a family business. I mean, this is an issue where God stepped in and made a difference in our family and began calling people. I am thankful now that I have some sons that believe that God has called them into the ministry. I have nephews and cousins that, I, that believe that the Lord is calling them. And so we believe that God is just doing a work through that, but... All of that to say, last summer, my grandpa drew his last breath on this earth. He was faithful in praying for our family individually, 
every single day. And the last conversation that I ever had with him was essentially my time in serving the Lord is past. And now it's your turn to take that mantle and carry it on. And so that's all, all of that to just simply say these are some things that have been on my heart as of late. Who is going to step up and take the mantle, take the torch and carry it forward? We're in Acts chapter 13. And look with me, if you would, at verse number 36. Paul is preaching here, but he speaks of David. And he's speaking of David really to preach Christ to these people. But I want you to notice this statement that he makes of David in verse number 36. It says, for David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. In other words, David served his generation by the will of God and then he passed off the scene. That verse has always just kind of contemplated a lot of, or, or, or caused me to contemplate this concept of just the reality that we are all born into a particular generation, a particular time. And we're born in the time that we are born in order to serve our generation by the will of God. God has placed us here. Have you ever wondered why, why am I alive in 2022? Why did God put me here and not somewhere back in the 1500s or in the time before Christ? You know, why, why wasn't I born 100 years ago or 200 years ago? No, God put us here on this earth for this time. And I would say this, we live in some very exciting times to live. Um, I lament a lot the, the way things used to be and wish in some ways that we could go back. But folks, I want you to know, we are seeing the last days unfolding before our eyes. That's a pretty amazing thing. Why would God choose us to be the ones serving him in potentially what is the last generation before the return of Christ. Isn't that an interesting thought? David served his own generation by the will of God, and then he fell on sleep. He passed off the scene, and then there was needed to be someone else to step up and fill those shoes. And then if we even took that just a little bit further beyond those who have kind of passed away and finished their race and gone home to glory, we're also seeing a number of people that are just reaching an age that they're not able to do what they used to do. We've seen a number of our missionaries coming off the field, just not, not because of anything bad or, or, or sin or disobedience to God, but just because their time in serving in that capacity has come to an end, and now they're moving on to their next phase of life. I think of a number of of pastors who've served for many, many years who are stepping down and letting another generation come up. We've experienced that within our own church right here as Pastor Smith obviously is not done serving the Lord, faithful, maybe busier than you've been in a while, I don't know, but there's another generation stepping in to fill the gaps. And sadly, I think I'm seeing fewer people willing in this generation, to stand up and fill the shoes of those of the previous generation. And so, what are some, some realities that we need to consider about this? 
If you would go with me to the book of Esther, chapter 4, and this is a, a fairly famous uh, verse that's pulled out of the book of Esther quite a bit. But Esther, chapter number 4, there is a statement made by Mordecai, who's Esther's cousin, challenging her about the, the situation that she found herself in. And Esther chapter 4, I was looking and thinking that's the wrong verse, then I looked up, I was in Ezra. Okay, Esther chapter 4, look at verse number 14 if you would. It says, for if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place, but thou and thy father's house, house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. If you know the story of the, the, the book of Esther, it really is obvious that God took Esther from living a fairly normal life in the Jewish culture of that time and, and put her in a position where she could influence the king and ultimately end up saving uh, the, the Jewish nation, the, the Jewish people from destruction. God uniquely designed her and appointed her for a particular time and put her in a specific place where she could be used to make a difference. And Again, I just want to reiterate that we have been placed on this earth at this time with that same intentionality that God specifically designed you and me to serve him in this day, in this place, in this time for a reason. God didn't make a mistake in that. There is something that God has for us to do. And, and it requires that we would be willing to follow through with that and, and be obedient to that. So a couple of things that are stated here in verse number 14 that might cause us to really just consider some things. First of all, God's work will continue. God's work will continue. Notice Mordecai says, if thou altogether holdest thy peace... At this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. Isn't it good to know that, that you and I are not the only ones who can serve God. And God's able to accomplish his work with or without us. Uh, God didn't need Esther. And really, if Esther wasn't willing to do what she had been placed there to do, God in his mercy and his sovereignty was willing... Uh, to bring deliverance from another place. However, even though God's work will continue from somewhere, if we hold our peace, we'll miss our opportunity. He said, if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then he gives that statement about a deliverance arising from another place but at the end of the verse he says but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed God's work is going to go on either way but that doesn't mean that there won't be consequence it doesn't mean that there that there 
that, that there won't be harm that comes to the Jewish people because even you and your family will be negatively affected. You'll be killed or destroyed because of your unwillingness to stand up and speak. Sometimes I think that we get this idea that God's work can and will continue without us, therefore it doesn't really matter if we're diligent to speak up and stand up and serve. However, that's not the case at all. What you do or don't do will greatly impact those around you. It'll have an influence on your church family. It'll have an influence on your family and on your home. And it'll make a difference at the judgment seat of Christ. Whether or not we hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And then, I just want to reiterate, we've been put here on this earth at this time to make an impact for God's kingdom in this world. The men that I mentioned to you a moment ago left their mark on the world. A lot of people leave a mark on the world. You could talk about world leaders that have been influential. We could talk about inventors and successful people, even to some degree celebrities and people who are well known, leave some mark and will be remembered. But those things have no eternal value. We have been called to leave our marks for God's kingdom on this earth. We have been called to be a light to the world that would reproduce ourselves and other disciples in bringing people to Christ. And we have a limited amount of time in which to do it. We will serve our generation either by the will of God or not by the will of God. And then we will fall on sleep. We'll go the way of all the earth. And every one of us has a time that, uh, an appointment that we're going to keep. We'll be called home. And I want whatever time I have, be it another 50 years or 60 years or another 5 days, I want whatever time God has given me on this earth to count for him. Are we willing, are we ready to serve our generation by the will of God? Are we wasting the days and the moments that God has given or are we using them for his glory? Are, are, is it, is it going to be able to be said of us when our time is done, when our race has been run, is it, will it be said of us honestly that we were used of the Lord to make a difference? For such a time as this, God has put us here and his work will continue with or without us. But if we choose 
to live for ourselves, to kind of go with the status quo and not really pursue the will of God for our lives, sadly, it will make a difference for ourselves, for our families, for our church. There will be people who are lost who could have been saved if we would have told them. There will be lives that could have been changed, and sadly, there will be regret at the judgment seat. And so my challenge to you tonight really is to consider that we are seeing, I believe, a changing of the guard. And understand that this is our time. Young people here tonight, this is your time. This is your generation to stand up and serve. But also to the older folks who are here, your time is not done. And your race is not run. And I know that you may not have the physical abilities that you used to have. You may not have the energy that you used to have. But until the Lord calls you home, there's still something for you to do. And you're still to serve your generation by the will of God. And may we all really just take to heart this little challenge. I understand it wasn't a deep expository message, but just some things that the Lord's been speaking to me about. May we take this challenge to really step up and take that mantle, to take the torch and say, I'm going to serve my generation by the will of God until he calls me home for his glory. I want to be used of him.